Hey guys, welcome to the number 61 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. 61 to be in fact. Day 14 of consistency. It's crazy. We're almost uh, halfway through uh, the October uh, consistency where we pushed every day of October. I cannot believe that we're almost halfway. Uh, in the month of October, but it's going to feel like much more than like a little over half more in the month, just because like the regular season starting, going to be a lot of action, going to be a lot of things going on. Um, so yeah, I do expect um a lot of action coming up uh, with Wiz Talk with Chase. But in today's episode, we are going to be uh, breaking down my number five player, or my number four player. I'm not going to say those players yet because we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, and we're also going to be breaking down what I think of the Wizards making the decision to cut Jay Huff and Jordan Scale. If that's how you pronounce the name, I still have not learned. Hope you guys do enjoy this episode. If you do, subscribe, follow, share, view on the road to 610 views by October 20th. That will get you three episodes of Wiz Talk with Chase on October 21st. But if we do hit the 610 view mark by the, uh, by the end of October, then you will get two episodes of Wiz Talk with Chase on November 2nd, so we have a lot of goals to hit, and I did say how I at least want to hit 550 views by October 20th, so in six days, if you include today, uh, we need 49 views, come on guys, we can do that, that's easy, so let's at least get to 550, and uh, yeah, we can uh, go from there, and we, in 11 days, we can get the next 60 views and get to that mark, so we can at least have two episodes of this talk with Chase. Whatever. Second, me, I continue to subscribe, follow, share, interview, and we're going to get into it immediately. Sorry, today's episode is late, has some things going on, but uh, obviously, if we're doing consistency, and, uh, you know, we're going to post. So, just because this is a, more of a shorter topic, I'm going to break down well, what I think first of the Wizards cutting Jay Huff and Jordan Skehill. By the way, this was, uh, I, mean, I mean, it's official. Like they, they, um, you know, they cut these two players. And I said all along when I was breaking down the Exhibit of 10 contract guys that I like Jimmy Aquin and Jordan Goodman much more than Jay Huff and Jordan Scahill. And obviously, there was something, you know, when I was breaking down, I was like, why did the Exhibit 10 contract guys not play? I mean, it was obviously for the obvious reason that, I mean, these guys are going to get cut. So they didn't want to show really any of their talents to other teams that could pick them up. And I wasn't that high on Jordan's Cahill. I thought uh, Jay Huff might have a little bit of potential. But I think as long as they got uh, J.B. Quinn and Jordan Goodwin, I think right now on this uh, track, J.B. Quinn will make the Jalen team and Jordan Goodwin by two, which would be really exciting because we're going to try to go to a couple Wizards Jalen games this year, which would be really exciting, like in-person Jalen games. And uh, those are obviously exciting seeing these young athletic guys come to come to work. So um, if I do end up uh, going there and uh, Jamie and Quinn and Jordan Goodwin make it, I'll tell you guys what I think of them. And obviously I'll watch the G League as well. But am I surprised by the move? No. Do I agree with the move? Kind of. I mean, I think they could even possibly cut Jordan Goodwin and I'd be fine with it. I think at least Jamie and Quinn should be on that G League team though. Oh, for sure. But I think the Jay Huff, again, doesn't have a lot of offensive ability, fails too much. And Jordan Scahill, I think it's just a well-rounded player, but he's not really good at anything. And um, he's just more average at everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I was never that high in Jordan Scahill when the Wizards picked him up. But, yeah, I don't think that none of these guys really make an impact on the G League team. I honestly don't think that they'll ever get another NBA shot. I just think that these guys, I mean, they gave it a shot. I just don't think that a lot of other teams are going to want to 
have them after what they saw in the preseason or in the summer league. So uh, I wish you guys the best of luck in uh, their future NBA careers, but they are no longer a part of the Washington Wizards. And and, uh, and we got to get into Rui Hachimura and Daniel Gafford at this point, but one last thing I do want to say about uh, Jay Huff and Jordan Scahill was that those two, I think, were definitely the two that I'm sure when the Wizards sign them, they're like, we'll have you for a day. Like, I'm exaggerating. We'll have you for a day, we'll see how you do, and then we'll probably cut you. I think they always have the mentality with these players. So even though they did sign Jay Huff first, which was confusing to me, but, um, but yeah, I just think that they, they knew that they were going to cut these guys eventually unless they really showed off during the preseason or uh, summer league, which they saw something really, really impressive, but they didn't see anything like that. Form. So, um, for those of you, by the way, I would really recommend checking out um, the Basketball Reference because they're projecting what they think people are going to do this year uh, per 36 and shooting. And for per 36 minutes, and we're going to start with Daniel Gafford here as he's my number five player of the Wizards. Per 36 minutes, they have this guy getting 16.5 points, 9.2 rebounds, 1.6 uh, assists. 1.1 steals and 3.1 blocks. Now, obviously, he's not going to play 36 minutes. He'll probably play. I mean, it depends on how the Wizards use him. And they'll probably use him way more in the beginning of the year just because uh, Thomas Bryant won't, won't be healthy. But, I mean, last year they played him around 17 minutes a game. I think they'll play him around 20 minutes a game. So, I'll probably bring his stats down to around, like, 11 points per game on seven rebounds with an assist, a little less than a steal, and, like, still, like, a block and a half, though. So, I think that would be pretty good. I mean, that's just basketball reference projection. But, I mean, I think Daniel Gafford's been a good player always. I honestly think he's, again, he's always been a good player. Um, when the Wizards originally traded for him, I traded for him, and I've said this multiple times, I was not high on him. I thought it was a bad trade for the Wizards. I thought it was just like, I mean, I thought I was really high on Mo Wagner. He was really, really high on Troy Brown Jr. So I really didn't like the trade for the Wizards. But Daniel Gafford honestly ended up being their key pieces to uh, their run to make in the playoffs, which they eventually did make the playoffs. But, like, I think Daniel Gafford is a really, really good player, and I think he has a lot of potential to become even better, you know? I mean, it's just he went up, like, six points, five points per game from Chicago. He went up in rebounds, steals, and blocks. He averaged 1.8 blocks, which was top 10 in the NBA uh, when he had that. And I was uh, just looking at his stats earlier today, and I was wondering, like, what are his, like, advanced stats? So, I mean, like, obviously, I know what he does in basketball, but what are his advanced stats? What do the stats say? PER, which is just created stat by some of the works for ESPN. Um, but it is a stat that a lot of people keep track of. It basically, it's their player efficiency rating. It's really their efficiency when they were on the court. And Daniel Gafford was top 20 in the NBA in that category last year. Daniel Gafford is a really good player, mainly for his rim protecting and his ability to get a lot of rebounds and dominate inside the paint. And that's a really important thing for the Wizards. I mean, he shot 61% of the field for them. And he even is pretty decent shooting. Like, he's never attempted a three in his career. But we just look at, like, a mid-range shot in his free throw. It's not too bad. Kind of like what I said about Montrose Harrell. It's not too bad for a guy that really doesn't take any three-point shots. We're not meant to be an outside shooter. So... I think that, in general, I'm really high on Daniel Gafford. I think he's going to have a real um, great year for the Wizards this season. Uh, I think, though, he's going to get around 12 points per game with around um, eight rebounds a game, um, less than an assist, almost a steal, about a block and a half, kind of what 
Um, basketball reference is projecting field goal percentage. Uh, I don't think we'll attempt a three again, probably maybe one. And uh, even though I'd like to see him attempt like maybe two this year just to see what he's got. And then 67% free throw percentage, I'll probably stay around the same. But I think Daniel Gafford's impact will be way more valuable in the court. And I think his PER could even go up even more to be in more in the top 20. And it's really going to be able to see because last year, if you take his uh, time with the Wizards, he was a really, really good player, but that doesn't uh, count into his, like, Overall stats, you can't just count in the Wizards days. So not only is he going to be only on the Wizards unless they train him at the deadline, which would be really surprising, not only is he going to be only with the Wizards and really are going to see what his true, like, this is going to be his first full season with the Wizards and how he actually can do if he can still be the same player like last year. The only thing that I am concerned about is that he really thrived on Russell Westbrook, and now Russell Westbrook isn't in Washington, but I still think Daniel Gafford's a good player and he'll be able to adjust. Uh, with a good coaching staff and good players around him in Washington. And uh, hopefully I didn't rush you guys there, but I did need to break down something that's really hot you more. And we can, we're going to break hot you more down a little bit more before the season begins. And so I'm really just going to break down this article on SB Nation. Um, you know, I was uh, reading this article with by Kevin Broom. Shout out to him for writing this article. But... Well, I just needed to break it down because he really was, talk- he was really talking down to Hachimura when they were just talking about how he really wasn't making any progression. And I understand kind of what he means, I do. But because he only went up point three in points per game, he went down in assists, down in rebounds, and his efficiency just got a little bit better, and his free throw percentage went uh, down dramatically. So I understand his point on that. And his usage rate, uh, like what he uh, for his efficiency, went down to one point five percent per one hundred possessions, uh, and that's below average. But I don't think again, which is worth using him a lot because they had Russell Westbrook uh, in twenty twenty. They didn't have John Wall. They didn't have a lot of stars. They needed Bradley Beal, and then they needed Thomas Bryant and Ruby Hachimura. This year, they needed Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook to both be a lot of their usage, and then Hachimura would have less of the usage than he had in 2020 in his rookie year. So that's the one thing like where it's just like, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. And you can also say again that his stats went down. And go, coming out of college, out of Gonzaga, everyone compared him to Kawhi Leonard, he was saying. And he was saying how he's never had a season like Kawhi Leonard. And he gave his personal uh, stats, uh, basically, when he rates an overall player. By the way, he had Hachimura going over down when you just look at a, a total player overall. Uh, by 20, which I, I think is unacceptable. I think Hachimura had a way better year. He was having, playing with a way bigger role. He was just much better uh, for the Wizards in year two than he was in year one, even if the stats didn't show it. So it, it doesn't make sense to me. And then he said how really Hachimura hasn't even been close to have a year like Kawhi Leonard. But what he also doesn't understand is that Kawhi Leonard – uh, when they compare him to Kawhi Leonard, they mean his style could be like Kawhi Leonard. They don't mean he could eventually be Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is a two-time Finals MVP, two-time NBA champion, multi- uh, five-time All-Star, multiple-time All-NBA. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's a superstar. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he will be a first-bound Hall of Famer. If Kawhi Leonard retired today, in my opinion, he would be a first-bound Hall of Famer. Kawhi Leonard's an unbelievable player. People just think they play similar styles on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the ball. And I agree. I do think they do. They play similar styles. You know, and I, I, I just think it's it's uh, ridiculous that people just can't just realize, no, he's not going to be a Kawhi Leonard, but he could play a similar style to Kawhi Leonard. That's my main thing, and I just really wanted to break that article down. Um, I understand what this guy is saying, um, but I just think that 
with same with Hachimura is uh, the usage rate thing. The Wizards didn't use him enough, so duh, his usage is going to go down. And then just with his overall, go him, him going down 20 in his overall basis from 2020 to 2021 was ridiculous to me. If anything, he'd go down like a 90, not like a 90. Uh, I mean, not a 95 to a 75. I mean, that, that doesn't make sense to me. So, which is a couple things that didn't make sense. But I appreciate his opinion. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you can write other articles in the future, we can react to them. Tell me if you guys enjoy that kind of reaction, kind of style. But, yeah, I did want to break that down just to kind of, you know, tell you guys what I think about that. But, um, I mean, when I think about Hachimura, uh, as you guys heard, I'm really high on Hachimura. Uh, he has some good projections for basketball reference. But my project, my projections, personally, I mean, I think Hachimura is going to step up huge. I think with Thomas Bryant out, the beginning of the year is going to be a huge um, uh, place for Hachimura to get better. It looks like he's going to play the final preseason game tomorrow, which is huge. The Wizards are clearing him from COVID-19 and all that when he was uh, when he was out for personal reasons. So it looks like he's going to play tomorrow, and I'm really interested to see how the Wizards use him. But I think at the beginning of the year, with Spencer Dinwiddie still kind of getting in his groove after injury, and a lot of guys just kind of getting in their groove, finally playing with the Wizards, I think Hachimura is going to play really good, averaging around 20 points per game to start the season. And I think with that time until like Christmas time, the holiday season, until Thomas Bryant comes back, I think Hachimura is going to be a key piece for the Wizards when they are winning games. And I think at the end of the year, or average around 18 points a game, his percentages will go up a little bit, probably instead of 48%, 49%, instead of 30, uh, 3% from 3, it'll probably be like 35. And his free throw percentage will go up to what it was in his rookie season, almost 83%. I rounded up a lot there, but it was like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8, or 0. 0.9. So I'm um, sorry I rounded up there if you guys didn't like that. But yeah, so I just think that. I'm really high on Hachimura. I think he's going to have a really good year. And we're going to break him down in another episode before the season. So it's just a quick breakdown. But okay, I think Hachimura is going to have a huge season for the Wizards. Even if I don't think he's a top three player, I think by the end of the year, there will be a very easy argument for him to be a top three player in the Wizards for a lot of reasons. And I just think Hachimura just an exceptional talent, exceptional player, and uh, I, I think he's going to figure out a way to really get the job done and have a real good, um, I guess we could say junior year for when he's college terms. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good junior year for the Wizards. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. It was a little bit of a longer one. If you did, please subscribe, follow, share a few. We're looking at 610 views back October 20th, which will get you three episodes of Wiz Talk with Chase on October 21st. And if we do hit the 610 view mark by the end of October, you'll get Two episodes of which talk with Chase on November 2nd. Worst case scenario, let's hit 5.50 by October 20th. I know we can do it. Tell me what you guys think, the reaction to Jay Huff and Jordan Skidhill being cut, what I think about Daniel Gafford, or um, my reaction to the article about really Hachimura, or uh, uh, anything about Hachimura. Uh, please tell me what you guys think. I'll put a question down below who will be better this year. Uh, um, you know what? I'll, I'll take a question. You know, I always try to trick you guys. Who will be better? Than I know the question in my mind. You guys are going to have to wait and see. Hope you guys enjoy, and I'll see you next time. Peace.